Want ideas to grow your ministry and engage your supporters? Coming to you from QT4CM.org. This is the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. And here's your host, David Allen. And hello again, friends. Thanks for joining us today. Cam Taylor is a leadership coach, speaker, an author who helps people in the church and marketplace live with purpose and resiliency. Cam joins us today from British Columbia to share some of the lessons he learned while on a long journey of recovery after a serious motorcycle accident. He's graciously agreed to talk to us about thriving when faced with ministry setbacks. And this will be a first in a series of episodes where he will give us tips on living with purpose and resiliency in our ministries. He's entitled this series, 10 Keys to Thriving When Faced with Ministry Setbacks. Cam, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, David. You felt it would be appropriate that this series on thriving when faced with ministry setbacks start by focusing on hope as the first key point. Why start there, Cam? It's a great question. Why start with hope? I believe that we start with hope because we can't live without it, especially when met with setbacks and the storms of life. There's a saying that goes, man can live 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but only one second without hope. Hope is essential for life. Now, if you look up hope in the dictionary, it has two, two parts to it. The first part, or the first side of hope, is desire or expectation for something in the future to occur. And that's the side we normally think of. Well, there's another side to hope, and that is it is also grounds for believing that something will occur. We, want, we run into trouble if we have one without the other. If we have a desire or an expectation without the grounds for believing, without a pathway to get there, all we actually have is a true wish. If we say, I hope it doesn't rain, but there's not a forecast for rain, there's not a cloud in the sky, is that a guarantee? Will it actually rain? Is that true hope? Definitely not. There's no grounds for believing it. Hope without the grounds for believing is not land or ground you want to stand on. And a lot of the times we use the word hope, it's it's soft, it's false hope, it's just a wish. But when we look into the scriptures, we look into the Bible, the word for hope is hard and strong and encompasses both sides of the hope equation. The definition of hope in the Bible is very simply to look forward with confidence. Hope is future, faith in the future tense, a guarantee that something will happen in the future. It's not an empty wish, but it's an expectation that has the grounds to believe that it will happen. It's a great example of that in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 and 31. We see true hope expressed. It goes like this. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So the expectation is that when you're weary and weak and worn out, you can hope in the Lord. You can trust in the Lord. You can wait on the Lord. And the expectation is that you will actually receive strength. And the grounds for believing 
are that God is big enough, strong enough, and totally capable of giving you that strength as you hope in him, as you put your faith in him, as you rely upon him. Now, how does it work? How does it work for us to actually develop this true hope when we've been met with a setback, when we've faced a storm, adversity in our lives and in our ministries? I want to give you three essential steps for discovering new hope when your life is hit with a roadblock, a dead end, a setback, whatever word you want to use to describe that. Number one is, first step is we need to learn how to read the warning signs of hope deprivation. So it starts with the awareness of knowing that the hope that you have is not actually working. It's a wish. It's not true hope. And I think that one of the ways to describe that hope deprivation warning sign is to realize it's not working and then to come to this place of hopelessness. Now, through a series, throughout this series, I will be sharing bits and pieces of my own story, my situation where I was met with a huge ministry setback. It happened in the form of a motorcycle accident that was almost ended my life, but it didn't. And I'm here to say that it was a very long season of recovery, approximately three years, 10 surgeries. And I will tell you bits and pieces as, we, as, we, as I go along. But what I learned in that was I had hope that I would recover a certain way in a certain time frame, and that didn't work. And I had lost my hope. I had lost sort of this sense of optimism and, wow, this is going to turn out okay. But what I found was until I got to this place of what I was hoping for was only a wish and I became hopeless then I could start to tap into what God was actually up to during this season of recovery and loss and change. Henry Nouwen said, hope prevents us from clinging to what we have and frees us to move away from the safe place and enter unknown and fearful territory. That's the hopelessness piece where we realize that what we're clinging to is not working and we need to move away to it, to something new, something strong, something that God is up to. Even youths grow tired and weary. This is going to happen to all of us. But those who hope in the Lord, those that realize that their strength is gone, their resources have been depleted, there's this feeling of it's hopeless if it's only up to me and if it's, if, if I, it's hopeless if I'm the one that has to figure this out. Your expectations have to become no longer realistic. And then you start looking for true hope, a change in that expectation, a change in where you need to go and what God is up to. What's the second essential step, which really leads out of this sense of hope deprivation and acknowledging it, is to find a future belief that you can actually hold on to. Some setbacks are devastating. They're life-changing. And there's no bouncing back, as they say, to where you were. It's learning how to bounce forward. The death of a family member, the shutting of a door to to some work that you were doing, a major health challenge that puts you out of the game, that changes the way you live and function. And there's many, many other examples. When that happens, you not only have to acknowledge and sense your hopelessness to find new hope, but you have to 
then start to find a new belief, a new future. What is God up to? What is he doing here? What is he trying to say to me? What's coming? What's next? Romans 8, 28, a verse that we know is so powerful as a, as a place to stand during times of adversity. It's not always a verse we welcome, but it's a verse that's very true. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I think as we're able to start to see, okay, God, you're up to something here. You, this didn't happen in the dark to you. He is then able to start to reveal to us a future that becomes bright, a hope that we can cling to, which will be supported by the grounds for believing because he's in it. He, he is in it. And a pathway starts to emerge as we find that true, that new expectation, that new future that God is up to. During my recovery, there's a few things that I learned and I discovered as some grounds for believing and and an expectation for the future. I discovered the freedom to admit that I was weak and I needed help. I discovered new ideas for how to use my talents to help others. I realized that all kinds of people were willing to support me. I discovered fresh motivation based on the renewed plan as it started to be unfolded in front of me. And I discovered new strength from God when I admitted my weakness and my hopelessness and started to grab a hold of what he was doing in my life and wanted to do through my life. It can be a battle that you have to fight, but I believe it's worthless. It's worthwhile, definitely not worthless. It takes grit and determination to believe and to find that future when what you've had has been lost. But God is with us as we come to him, admit our weakness, our hopelessness. He does renew us like the eagle and gives us the ability to fly once again eventually. Well, let me give you a third step or a third element that's so important, which really ties these together. And that is to find traction for this renewed hope. We do need to have a pathway to get to that future destination. And let me give you five ways. The first one really is a review. Number one is to get traction, you need to embrace the misery. That sort of relates back to the being comfortable with the hopelessness and embracing it. I think being embracing misery, although it's not easy, is essential to be able to find some traction and to be able to move forward. Bertrand Russell added, extreme hopes are born of extreme misery. Another way to gain traction is we need to start walking. Barack Obama once said, if you go out and make some things happen, you will find, fill the world with hope. Just one little action to start walking towards that hope, towards that future makes all the difference. And thirdly, to move towards the light. Where God is shining through, move towards it. Take a step towards it. Walter Scott said, hope is brightest when it dawns from fears. And number four, do activities focused on others. Don't just think about yourself when you're in a difficult spot and you've lost hope. Look out. Focus your activities on others. And number five, take a leap of faith with the little bit of faith that you have. You may not have a whole lot of faith when you've lost something dear but use the faith you have and exercise that faith. The word hope is deprived, derived from the shorter word hop, which can lead to leap. 
to hope means, said Joan Erickson. To hope means to take a playful leap into the future, to dare to spring from firm ground, to play trustingly, to invest energy laughter, and one good leap encourages another. On then with the dance. And that was leadership coach and author Cam Taylor. Cam will be coming back on the QT for CM podcast next Tuesday and will be sharing some more insights with us on living with purpose and resiliency in our ministries from his series 10 Keys to Thriving When Faced with Ministry Setbacks. You can download Cam's Action Guide, available to you in our show notes at qtforcm.org. And there are several ways you can connect with Cam, including how to find out about his new book, Detour, a roadmap for when life gets rerouted. The first way to access his free material or purchase his book is on his website at camtaylor.net. That's spelt www.camtaylor.net. He has an email course on resiliency, an excerpt of his book to download for free, a journal that goes with the book, or the option of signing up for a free exploratory coaching session, all available through his website. You can also get these links in our show notes at qt4cm.org. Coming to you from qt4cm.org, this is the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. We would like to thank the sponsor of this podcast, the Great Commission Foundation. The Great Commission Foundation provides financial management, administrative services to ministries, and handles charity donation receipting and government compliance in both the United States and Canada. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. Until next time, be encouraged. God is with us. Serve with joy. Serve with joy.